0: Welcome to Diving in the Deep Waters. I'm your host, Erin Rowling, and I am excited and honored that you have tuned into today's podcast where we take life and we see how God wants to turn it into lessons. So I am inviting you, you've officially been invited, to dive in with me as we use God's word to navigate these deep waters. I almost took pre-workout before I did this podcast because I actually went to workout class this morning and I got about the third song in and was like, what is my problem? Why am I struggling? Now, mind you, it felt like the class was harder than normal. It probably wasn't, but I just was like, oh my goodness, I can barely breathe and I'm not catching my breath and all these things. And then I realized, I was like, it's like I didn't take my pre-workout. And then I remembered I had mixed it. It was on the counter in my kitchen, but I never drank it. (laughs) So, and even um, my friend Carmen who leads the class and the ladies in the class are like, you're, you can tell you did not take your (laughs) pre-workout. so let me just say this if you have never taken pre-workout um you totally should if you work out uh, they kept saying well you're going to go home and take it and then be an energizer bunny and I'm like well actually I have to work on my podcast and I need to be able to concentrate and focus <laughs> when I do that and I was afraid if I took it then I would be talking like a million miles a minute and that one Frank would be like what is this is she on high speed or something? Because <laughs> it does kind of make you, gives you that little boost of energy. But, um, so yeah, that was kind of my morning. Also, when I was doing, getting this podcast ready, I love to sit outside and sit in a lawn chair. I don't know. It's just, it's really quiet in our backyard and most of the time. And except our neighbor's got a new puppy and it just whines and just continuously whines it's getting a little older so it's getting a little bit better but um yeah so I like to go back there and just write down my thoughts and all this stuff and you know this is like kind of bizarre has nothing to do with anything but I was I kept killing this bugs because they were just like I don't know these tiny tiny bugs and they bite you and it hurts And then I had this random thought in my mind um, when we were at the zoo. My son-in-law was like, did you, there was a crow, a crow at the zoo? I don't know. I feel like we can see crows anywhere. I don't know why, know why there's one at the zoo, but it did talk, which was weird. Because he kept saying it talked and we're like, no, it didn't, Frank. (laughs) And it totally did. Poor guy. He's like, I can't believe I married into this family. But he was like, did you know that if you kill a crow in front of other crows, the crows will remember you, which that's, okay, I already don't like crows, um, but that fact alone really didn't make me like crows, but I was wondering as I killed that bug, and then I felt like all these bugs were coming after me, like literally one like huge bug, I don't even know what it was, like flew into my face, I was like, they know, the bugs know, I don't know if they know, but I think the bugs around my house no. Anyways, so that's the podcast for today. <laughs> I'm sure you're like, I'm so glad I tuned in. Hey, before I get into the topic of today, I have to give a shout out because this podcast is coming out on one of my papes' um, 50th birthday. I'm not going to say her name because I'm not going to do that to her. But it is her 50th birthday today. This It comes out. And so I have to say happy birthday. I have to give her a shout out because it's my podcast and I can. (laughs) She's probably like, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) No, this is the thing. Okay, I am not 50 yet. But I have several friends that are 50 or older than 50. And they are fabulous. They are amazing people. And they have set the bar that turning 50 or walking into your 50s is going to be great because they look great, they are just amazing women doing amazing things, and they just inspire me not to dread 50, but to be excited about it. So shout out to my girl on her 50th birthday and to all my friends walking in their 50s, you make it looked good, and I'll meet you there in a, a, some years. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> They're like, I'm going to remind you of this when you turn fifty. Um, actually, my husband is turning fifty this year, so um, I'm younger. I'm younger than him, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a big deal. So it's something to be proud of, honestly. And yeah, walk into it with your Your head held high, and you're gonna crush it to all of you that are walking into that. Um, And if you're in it, you're crushing it. So last Sunday at our church was baptism Sunday. Absolutely one of my very um, favorite Sundays of the whole entire year. Like literally, I I know that I was podcasting when I did when we had baptism um, last year. So I probably said this already, but last year was a little different because of COVID. It just, we didn't get to do everything that we like to do. And I know like some churches, um, we visited our, uh, nephew's church and they have like the baptism in their church. It's actually in their lobby. And so they like screened it where someone was getting baptized and showed it during service. And so that was really cool. But, um, we don't have one of those. There's no space in our church for that. I know some churches do like um, pools or, you know, which that looks like a nightmare. Like, I don't know. All I can all I can think of is like a side coming down and like the whole thing, like, I don't know, just flooding the sanctuary. Um, I've seen like troughs, like, you know, like cow troughs, people using those, but um For our church, we use a pond. (laughs) We do it in August. Um, Yeah, so when I say pond, maybe I did tell you last year because I had fish biting my feet the whole time and it literally like took me off guard because I've been in that pond before and never had fish bite me ever. And then so then they said this year that they had someone go fishing and then they caught all the fish. And so I didn't have to worry about it. Well, this is the thing, people. As I'm walking into the water, yeah, there was a whole school of fish there. They got all the fish. Yeah, no. They they were there. Um, but I was prepared. And uh, one of our pastors just kept saying, just keep moving. Just keep moving. <laughs> and I did. And they still bit me. Maybe they're like, it's Heron. Let's bite her. <laughs> but... Uh, so our baptism service is like we'll do worship outside we bring all of the band stuff it's so much fun and then we um, my husband will give a short message sometimes we have a special or whatever but then we baptize everyone and then we get to eat good food because everyone brings good food and, this, and then we, you know, gives you opportunity to hang out, which is so great in church. I feel like, you know, you just kind of pass each other or whatever, but it's hard sometimes to just get to spend time with each other. And so I love like cookouts or stuff like that because you can just take your time and talk to people and get to know them a little bit better. Um. So this year, I believe we baptized 19 people. I think it was 18 and then we had a 19th come. Um. So that was totally totally awesome. It takes a, I think my husband figured it out where if you took all the people we baptized over the the 10 years of our church, we would have, if we had like one of those baptismal things, it would be like baptizing someone every two weeks, which is totally awesome. I love like when you can break things down and kind of think of it like in a different light because saying, you know, 222 whatever baptisms, but then when you break it down like that, I don't know. It was, I don't know, super encouraging to me. Um, But yeah, we have from young kids to adults, you know, it's, you know, and it's one of those things, obviously, my husband does his due diligence to make sure that everyone understands what they're doing and everything. And this year, he did a little bit different where he kind of like talked about each person. Um, and then they could say something before we baptize them. And and you know, sometimes you try something new and you're like, is it going to work? Is it going to go over well? But you never know unless you try. And, uh, actually I think it went over super well. We really liked it. Um, but it was, it was just so cool, um, to just watch. I mean, I got to baptize some people, which is great. I usually do the ladies or whatever, um, with my husband, but it was just, like, so overwhelming at points because some, like, some of the stories that were represented there and some of the people, like, God has completely changed their life. And, you know, one of the the guys that was getting baptized, um, like, I got emotional because when he got, he got saved when my husband was at a restaurant with another pastor and they were out for breakfast and he came up to their table and he was like, are you guys pastors? And they were like, yeah. And and he was like, all right, I, w- I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And so right there in the restaurant, they led him to the Lord. And it, as they were talking to him afterwards, he said, yeah, a friend of mine came to your church and got saved and I... If Jesus can change his life and him become a different man, then Jesus can do the same for me. So, it was just powerful to watch this man get baptized. Just to, like, we haven't known him his whole life, but other people have, and they're like, he's a different man, and and that's what's all about, right? It's about Jesus coming in and and changing who we are, and us not being the same. Um, there was also. Uh, another lady there that we haven't known her whole life and there were people there that I guess didn't really know she attended our church because we have two services so sometimes people (laughs) when we have one service it's funny because they're like oh you come here oh yeah I come here I've been coming for five years (laughs) they don't always know that they attend the same church which is funny but there was a lady there and um a friend of mine was like, I've known her my whole life. And to see her get baptized was just the most amazing thing because Jesus has changed her life. And like, it just, I don't know. It it makes me want to just cry. <laughs> Good, happy tears. Um, we also had a father and son get baptized. It's the first time we've ever had a double bap- baptism. I don't know if that's how you say it. Where... Um, the father and the son locked arms. So then the dad's older and this the um, son is married and has three kids, and they locked arms and they went under the water. and when they came back up, like, oh, just every feeling. <laughs> it was just like so amazing. And when, you know, Paul was telling the story, About them getting baptized because the dad actually has cancer. And he has talked about wanting to go under the water. But he can't um, with his treatments and stuff like that. And so they did find these earplugs. Because he was like, I want to go under. Like you can just tell when it's something in someone's heart. Where it's like, I don't care what the barriers are. I, I need to do this. It's like, they need to be baptized and so he found these special earplugs to wear so he could be baptized and when it came his turn he said I need to show my son I need to lead my son and so it was just and it was so cool because they came up and the son's three children three boys are sitting there watching their grandpa and their dad get baptized and I'm like this is, this is like legacy happening right in front of my eyes. Like these boys are going to remember this day and this father and son are always going to cherish this moment. And so it was, uh, again, all the feels. Um, and we had a young girl, she was like 11. She actually came to watch her aunt get baptized and what, you know, Paul, his message was about baptism and it was so good. Um, but while they were lining up, the mom came over to me and she was like, Can my daughter get baptized? She has been talking about it and she just feels like this is the right time and the right moment to be baptized. I was like, Yes, <laughs> um, absolutely. And so we have these I have decided shirts that we give everyone to get baptized. So I found her a shirt and she went in her shorts and her dad went in his clothes and went in and helped my, um, husband baptized her and it was just like you know the mom was crying oh it was just so special to get to be a part of that young lady's journey and we don't even know her (laughs) um we had a lady who moved to Tennessee um drive back because she was like I need to get baptized she's like the Lord told me I need to get baptized and so I was going to make it back she had attended our church before and um has been really special to us and So she got baptized. Also another lady that had to move, um, for family reasons. She lives in Virginia now. She hopped on a flight and, uh, last year she wanted to do it, but with COVID it just didn't happen. And so she was like, no, I am going to be there this year. And so to, and she's so tiny, she's so little and, um, Yeah, I mean, barely had to dunk her at all. (laughs) She just came up and just so excited. So, and that's the thing I love is when people come out of that water, it's just like the expression on their face or you can just tell, you know, when they talk to you afterwards, how excited they are to have this moment. And another cool story that happened was um, a guy, him and his wife, um, I don't know if, I think it was the night before baptism or the night before that. They were reading the story of the Ethiopian eunuch who was reading the word of God in his um, chariot. And he was reading out loud. And you'll have to read the story on your own. But Philip comes along and by the Lord tells him to like go and talk to this man. And he's like, do you understand what you're reading? And he's like, how can I understand unless somebody tells me? And... So they're, so Philip explains what he's reading and then they come by this um, river and he's like, what prevents me from being baptized? And so they get out and Philip baptizes him. So after reading this story, this guy says to his wife, I need to be baptized. And again, you know, a difficult situation. He has a brace on his leg. He has a cane. It's difficult for him to walk. It's difficult for him to stand. But that man was getting baptized. (laughs) There wasn't anything holding him back. And it's so cool because I remember when his wife started coming to church. And she was just praying that her husband would come. And then he started coming. And so to just rejoice in that moment with them. And this is what church is about. This. It's about people coming to Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. and watching them be baptized like oh it's making me so emotional and you know it's this is when the moments and you're like okay this is what's important like we are focusing not all the trivial stuff about church not all the uh, parts about church but and that's so easy to focus on all those trivial things when why don't we focus on the things that count for eternity? Like a baptism. When someone gets baptized, that's like for eternity. They're they're proclaiming something about what God. It's the outward declaration. They've already had the inward declaration of saying, I'm going to follow Jesus. But the outward declaration to everybody is like, here I am. And I'm stating in front of all these people that I'm going to serve Jesus. This is church, people. (laughs) Um, And, you know, as I I was thinking back on that day, because it's just kind of filled my heart, like, every day this week. Um, I was just thinking, you know what? All these people, different stories, different backgrounds, different ages, but the one thing that they all have in common is their testimony. And testimony means something that God has done. And God has done in their life. He has resurrected them from death to life. They are living now. And all those people shared that no matter where they lived, no matter what kind of background they had, no matter what, anything, no matter nothing, (laughs) it was that God had done something amazing in their life. I... (laughs) When I think of the word testimony, it takes me a lot of times back to when I was a little girl and we used to have testimony time at church and I hated it. I didn't hate the testimonies, but I would just sit there and listen. I would be just like mesmerized by the stories that these people would tell of, you know, what God had done in their lives. And I would think to myself, how can I compete? With any of these stories. I was three years old when I got saved. There was nothing, you know, major that I was I mean, I was being saved for sin. But in a little girl's mind, you don't really see it that way. And, you know, I I would listen to these people talk about how, you know, they were addicted to drugs and alcohol and swore all the time and smoked and yes we thought if you smoked you were going straight to hell that's the kind of church I went to um (laughs) we also thought if you played the drums you were going there as well um I remember meeting drummers and thinking they'd say oh yeah play the drums i would be like oh that's nice um in my mind thinking oh you poor thing you're going to hell (laughs) because everyone knew drums were straight from the some from satan and so basically in our church if you were delivered from drums or rock music of any kind or any music that had a drum in it it was like on the same level as being saved from drinking or drugs like sad I know but that's the church I went to all I can say is thank goodness that God is gracious and patient with us when we go through weird ideas (laughs) and weird doctrine issues or whatever but um but as a little girl like a testimony really in my mind it basically only stretched to the moment you got saved that's all I really thought of as a testimony it wasn't until much later in my life that I realized that a testimony was so much bigger than just the moment you got saved um and and the, and the thing is about a testimony is obviously that moment, like I don't want to discount that moment because obviously it's huge. You know, it's it's a momentous moment in our life. And it's, but it's not just that moment. It's also what happens afterwards. But one of my favorite accounts of a testimony is actually um, Saul's testimony. And that account is actually found in Acts Chapter 9, and I'm going to read it. I'm going to read a lot of scripture today. <laughs> so if you haven't read your Bible, it's going to, you're going to get to listen to it <laughs> today. Um, just because I think to even begin to capture um, this scripture in my words does not do it justice. So I don't think there's a better way to share this account, this momentous occasion that happened in Saul's life in better words than what is written in scripture. So it says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. And he went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, those were Christians, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly... A light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, who you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. And Saul got up from the ground, and when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus, and for three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias, and the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered, which if you remember, we did a whole podcast on this part. The Lord told him, Go into the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man named Tarsus, named Saul, from Tarsus, named Saul, for he is praying. And in a vision he had seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who come on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings, and before the people of Israel, and I will show him much, how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, and placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again, and he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regra- regained his strength. Which, by the way, too, like my husband debunked this. Like sometimes I think people, if you've ever questioned about being baptized, um, you know, I think people think like, well, when I've been serving God for a while, or when I've, you know good enough, when I'm this, when I'm that, then I can be baptized. But anywhere in scripture where it talks about being baptized, it is like they got saved and they were baptized. They didn't get baptized when they had like shown that they could follow Jesus and stay following Jesus. No, it happened immediately. Same thing with the Ethiopian eunuch. He heard the word and he got baptized. So I just want to throw that out there. That's not even in my notes. I'm totally stealing that from my husband's message. (laughs) But it just jumped out at me. See, isn't that amazing thing about scripture? Like, crazy things can just jump out at you. And it's just, like, I love it. It's such life. Um, But obviously, this account, I mean, like, what a conversion. Like, what a story. If I had been a little girl sitting in church and I heard Saul's story, it would have been like okay, I have nothing. <laughs> I would have just been mesmerized, right? Like, and we should be mesmerized by his story because it's amazing. The thing that I thought interesting was, is after, um, you know, this happens to him, after he has his conversion and, you know, has this moment and this encounter, what does he do with it? And in verse 20, it actually says, at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the son of God. Like, at once it wasn't like he waited he i mean he was like this happened to me i have got to testify and i think that's true with most christians like when they get saved i think we you know most people are on fire for god when they first get saved even my husband will say that like you know when he first received christ he was like telling everybody and you know needed to you know tell every single person what was happening but somehow we can lose our our excitement and I I think maybe not intentionally do I think that that happens but I think we forget the power of our testimony we forget the power of what has happened to us or maybe you're like me like as a kid where I compared my encounter with Jesus with other people's and somehow didn't think mine was as amazing or as transformative as somebody else's and didn't feel like I was going to be able to impact people with saying I got saved at three. (laughs) You know, I don't know. That's just, but I think that's all a lie. I think that... You know, first of all, anytime we compare, we've talked about comparison. Comparison and who we are and all of those things. Well, the same thing goes for our story of what Jesus has done in our life. If we compare that, yeah, somebody else's could be flashier like Saul's. I mean, that's pretty crazy. So, but is mine any less important or any less powerful. No, the fact is, is whether you're Saul or you're Aaron or whoever you are, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your savior, then there is your testimony. It's powerful. It has amazing power behind it because it's what we were all dead. We were all in sin. We were steeped in sin. No matter what age you were, we were we're all sinful, but he is not sinful. And when we accept his gift then we get to walk differently and we don't have to live in that sin anymore totally going off my notes (laughs) um if you look at revelation 12 verse 11 it says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony see again this is like our testimonies are so powerful it says they overcame him who's him this is where you answer Satan. <laughs> Satan. And, and how do we overcome Satan? By two things. By the blood of the lamb. Right? It's been shed for us. It's, it's was a gift that is freely given to each and every one of us. It's just ours for the taking. And by us speaking of what that blood has done for us. So we overpower the enemy. By what Jesus has done for us and also by speaking of what Jesus has done for us. So your testimony, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how elaborate it is or how small it is. It is powerful. We said earlier that testimony means something that God has done. And the second part of that is actually and is continuing to do in our lives. See, this is a part that I did not learn when I was a kid. And is continuing to do in our lives. Because your testimony far is far bigger than just that moment. It is a continuance of what God is doing in your life. And what he continues to do in your life. I... Have been we just finished up the Acts. We're in Romans now in our in our reading, but I loved reading acts um chapter twenty six because this really stuck out to me. Honestly, when I started this podcast, I had no idea what I was even going to speak on. I just started writing, and I baptism Sunday was really on my heart, so I started writing about it and then it totally turned into this. And I had written in my notes um, where I keep notes for podcasts. This section of scripture and the Lord reminded me that I had written it down. So I want to share it. Um, To set the scene, it's basically, you know, at this point now, Saul is called Paul. And Paul is standing before Agrippa on trial for preaching the gospel. So he's standing before, basically, to see what his fate is for preaching the gospel. Again, I'm going to read this whole section because I just think it's too powerful not to. It says, Then Agrippa said to Paul, You have permission to speak for yourself. So Paul motioned with his hand and began his defense. King Agrippa, I consider myself fortunate to stand before you today as I make my defense against all accusations of the Jews, and especially so because you are well acquainted with the Jewish customs and controversies. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. The Jews all know the way I have lived ever since I was a child from the beginning of my life in my own country and also in Jerusalem. They have known me for a long time and can testify, if they are willing, that according to the strictest sect of our religion, I lived as a Pharisee. And now it is because of my hoping what God has promised our fathers that I am on trial today. This is the promise of our twelve tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God day and night. O King, it is because of this hope, that the Jews are accusing me. Why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? I, too, was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth, and that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the saints to prison, and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them, Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished and I tried to force them to blaspheme and in my obsession against them I even went to foreign cities to persecute them. On one of those journeys I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. And about noon, O King, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven and brighter than the sun blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the gods. Goads, sorry. Then I asked, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. The Lord replied, now get up and stand on your feet. And I have appeared to you to anoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. And I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. And I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness into light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sin and a place among those who have sanctified by faith in me. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven, For to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem, and all of Judea, and to the Gentiles also, I preached that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by their deeds. That is why the Jews seized me and the temple courts and tried to kill me. But I have had God's help in this very day, and so I stand here and testify to the small and great alike, and I am saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Christ would suffer, and at first to rise from the dead, would proclaim light to his own people and to the Gentiles. At this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defense. You are out of your mind, Paul, he shouted. Your great learning is driving you insane. I am not insane, most excellent Festus, Paul replied. What I am saying is true and reasonable. The king is familiar with these things, and I can speak freely to him. I am convinced that none of this has escaped his notice because it was not done in the corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. Then Agrippa said to Paul, Do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? And Paul replied, Short time or long, I pray, God, that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am except for these chains. Okay. So powerful. Just reading that, just to start it off, Paul had an audience. Now, maybe you're thinking, I'll never be in a situation like that, Aaron. I will never have an audience like that. I love how he even says, like, you didn't put me in a corner to talk to me. You put me in front of an audience. Like, just those little things just pop out to me. This is the thing, people. Whether you live under... Unless you live under a rock, which I don't think any of you do, or you're a hermit, which if you are, you're not listening to this podcast, (laughs) you will have opportunities to share your testimony. Maybe it's to one person. That's an audience, an audience of one. Now, before you go freaking out and thinking, oh my gosh, I have to share my testimony. I don't really want to share my testimony. Let me remind you something. All Paul did was tell what God had done in his life. He didn't have to come up with some big speech. It's not like he pre-wrote that and, or a sermon, map out his message. He didn't have bullet points. He didn't have a slideshow. None of that. No, he just speaks to them. He, he speaks to them not believing That Jesus is a Christ with his own experience of not believing. He didn't believe. He can speak to them not believing. He said, I too was convinced. He connected with them. Like, I too didn't think that this Jesus of Nazareth was real. I, I was in your shoes. I know where you're coming from. He Connects to them with his own story, his own thoughts, and his feelings. And he just simply shares his journey. It's a crazy journey, but he shares it. And he not only shares the what happened on that road, but he also shares where God has brought him up to this point of this meeting. Where he is currently. All along the way, God was filling him with the same power and authority as when it first happened. He, that same, whatever happened in that moment, when that, whatever happened, that's not what I meant to say. (laughs) When he had that moment and all that, you know, Jesus was speaking to him, Paul was filled with that same authority as he was speaking to these people, as he was giving his testimony. Our testimony doesn't lose power and authority unless unless you take that testimony and you put it in a box and you hide it under your bed and let me just tell you this that would be a shame to take a gift and bury it and a gift such as the one that we have been given no one has ever given you a greater gift I've received some stunning Jewelry gifts from my husband, let me tell you, no gift has been as great. Having my children is a gift to my heart and my soul. Never, none, none of that compares to the gift that Jesus has given me. Paul says in verse 22, I stand here today and I testify to the small and great alike. And I would ask you that question. I'm asking myself this question. Can we say the same? Are we testifying to the small and the great alike? Maybe you'll never have like great big crowds, but are you willing to testify to that one person? I pray that you listening to this podcast, that if you have ever, ever underestimated the power of what God has done and is doing in your life, that today you will dust off that box And you will proclaim the goodness of God freely and without hesitation to anyone that God gives you an audience with, whether small or great. And that you will take the time to see where he's brought you and to know that he's not finished yet. I love that song, Uh, Testimony. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. It was a great moment when you got saved. But that's not the end of the journey. Don't stop there. We got work to do. I'm going to close with this thought. Testimony in the Hebrew is idoth, which I probably just totally murdered how to say that. It's A-Y-D-O-O-T-H, which means do it again with the same power and authority. Listen, every time we allow ourselves to be used to speak about our testimony, this is what we are saying. God, what you did for me, do it again in this person's life that I'm sharing with and do it with the same power and authority that you used for me, use it for them. I don't know about you, but I hope you're convinced now that your testimony is important and that you need to share it. (laughs) Listen, I feel like more than ever before time is short the happenings of the world they crush your spirit and your soul there's so much happening we need to be a light and we need to maybe you feel like I don't I feel like a kind of a dim light no you aren't because you have the testimony your light is what God has done for you don't hide it under a bushel and say no let it shine I'm challenging myself too. And let's take every opportunity to spread the good news of what Jesus has done for us. And by speaking it forth, we're giving someone else a chance to have a testimony of their own.